Now, reading from the book of Esther, chapter 4, and commencing to read at verse 12. And I will give you the background then in the message. And they told to Mordecai Esther's words. Then Mordecai commanded to answer Esther, Think not with thyself that thou shalt escape in the king's house more than all the Jews. For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? Then Esther bade them return Mordecai this answer, Go, gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan, and fast ye for me, and neither eat nor drink three days, night or day. I also and my maidens will fast likewise, and so will I go in to the king, which is not according to the law, and if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went his way and did according to all that Esther had commanded him. And it came to pass on the third day that Esther put on her royal apparel and stood in the inner court of the king's house, over against the king's house. And the king sat upon his royal throne in the royal house, over against the gate of the house. And it was so when the king saw Esther the queen standing in the court that she obtained favor in his sight. And the king held out to Esther the golden scepter that was in his hand. So Esther drew near and touched the top of the scepter. Then said the king to her, What wilt thou, Queen Esther, and what is thy request? It shall be even given thee to the half of the kingdom. We're going to conclude our reading there at verse 3 of chapter 5 in the book of Esther. Last Sunday afternoon in our program, I spoke to you about the little maid in Iran, because the setting for this book and all the events that happened are in that land that was then called Persia. Shushan is today known as Shush in the land of Iran. The city still exists, and Esther's tomb is in Iran. Of course it is. But I want to speak again today uh, further about this little girl who grew up in Iran and became the person that we have just read about. The ancient Persian kingdom, under the reign of Ahasuerus the king, was a period of lavish grandeur, a period of grand schemes as well. In fact, Ahasuerus had a dream, and that was to reduce the whole earth to one empire. He lived at a time when there were lavish banquets, they liked to have glittering palaces, and absolute sovereign control was very much the order of the day. Intrigue was also found within the kingdom. Those were normal things in a society that didn't know God, that was by and large a hedonistic society. But you know, God was behind the scenes and working out His purpose. As I said to you last week and concluded with the thought of this girl's name, this little orphan girl that was growing up in Iran. Her name was Esther, which means a star. She was a little star in her early years, a little light amidst the darkness of moral evil. 
and she would appear at just the right time for God to work an amazing miracle and deliverance for the people called the Jews. It was Dr. A.B. Simpson who said, God is preparing his heroes, and we might add, in the context of this message, his heroines, and when the opportunity comes, he can fit them into their places in a moment, and the world will wonder where they came from. And so it was in Shushan at the royal city, and in the royal palace. You know, we can always take heart that God is never surprised by circumstances, and he is never at a loss for preparing his servants and for prepared servants. Many a time we hear people saying, God has never left himself without a witness, and that's true. And it doesn't matter what's going on in earthly kingdoms and nations, Behind the shadows, behind the shadows of power that we find in the corridors of our nations these days, and above it and beyond it, there is the eternal God, who is the sovereign over all. And all the events that were working and happening in the kingdom of Persia, Iran, were all playing out in the life and circumstances and purpose of this little girl, Esther, and God's great sovereign plan. As I said to you also, her name was Hadassah, which means the myrtle tree or from the myrtle, and it speaks of healing power and ministry. And this person, Esther, who had been born in very humble circumstances, became queen at a time of crisis for her people. In actual fact, While she became queen of an earthly kingdom, we're thinking today of something that's grander than that, and something very much grander than that, and that is to become an inheritor of the kingdom of heaven, to come to a knowledge of King Jesus, to belong to God's royal household. I want to develop that kind of thought a little bit further as we go through the message today, and I hope that you can uh, stay with us and that you can hear what I want to share with you today in the ministry. We're comforted to know that God is master of the universe that he created. Even in the affairs of pagan and atheistic nations, he's in control. And this is just as true in the 21st century as it was in the days of Esther and I'm speaking about 500 years before the birth of Christ. Firstly, let me just mention to you about her coronation. She came from obscurity to a place of renown. She came from being an orphan to being a member of royalty. She came from rags to riches, we might say. And now as we find her, she's an integral person in the kingdom, albeit an earthly kingdom. As I was preparing this message, my mind cast back to Adam Clark, who was a little boy born in Northern Ireland and for a short time lived in Port Rush and Port Stewart area where we live. And in the obelisk that is to his memory in the town of Port Rush, it says God can bring people from obscurity to renown. And what a renowned commentator and person he became a contemporary of John Wesley. But here we have the Queen, Queen Esther now, her coronation. And I'm delighted today to be able to say that when we come to the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, we come into the royal family. 
we become people of a chosen generation, a royal priesthood and holy nation, a peculiar people. Yes, this is the grand design of God's plan in salvation and in redemption. An actual fact, it was Esther's stand for the Lord in her day that brought us forward to the time whenever the Messiah came, and then the glorious work of redemption to bring people from rags to riches, from obscurity to renown, from orphanage uh, conditions to being part of the royal family and looked after by the Savior himself. I'm glad that I am part of the family of God. Let me ask you today, do you know the Lord Jesus? Have you come to a knowledge of him? Have you passed from death to life? Have you passed from darkness to light? Have you come to the awareness of sins forgiven, peace with God, and robed in the robes of his righteousness? Yes, he brought forth the garments of salvation through the wondrous cross work on Calvary so many years ago, 2,000 years ago, so that you and I might be clothed and that we might be robed in his glorious garments of salvation. Yes, her coronation was a very special event. God was working out a purpose. Well, there's another important feature in the book. It is her supplication. Because the first four years of Esther's queenhood were pleasant and peaceful years. But there was a murderous enemy in the country. There was a man who had a very evil, wicked heart. He was a murderer, a deceiver. He was a schemer. His venom was unleashed against the Jewish people. He couldn't stand these people. And one man in particular, Mordecai. Esther's cousin, because Mordecai wouldn't bow to him. The Jews were told not to bow down to any graven image or any person for that matter, only the Lord. And so Mordecai, being a devout Jew, wouldn't bow to Haman, the Agagite, the person who was a descendant of the Amalekites. And I know if you're a Bible person, you will know what that means. They were a nation that were always a thorn in the side of the Jewish people, the Israelite people. The ultimate objective of Haman in the book of Esther was the extermination of these people. His plot was very carefully planned, and the date was determined. But God stepped in. Queen Esther was informed of this wicked plot through her cousin Mordecai. And the question was, what could be done to avert the Holocaust? Now, let's remember that there were probably about 15 million Jewish people throughout the empire. It stretched from the land of India all the way to the biblical Ethiopia, not the Ethiopia and Africa, but Ethiopia just across from Africa at that time. So there was a death sentence on the people. What do you do whenever there's a death sentence on your people? What do you do in a time of crisis? Who do you go to? Where do you look to for deliverance? Well, Esther had a plan. She sent a message to her cousin Mordecai, and she said, go and gather all the Jews that are in the city, and fast and seek the Lord, and I and my maidens will do likewise. 
If we looked earlier in the book of Esther, we would find that the people were already doing that throughout the empire. They were calling on God, they were praying, they were seeking the Lord, and they were pleading for a deliverer. And she said, If you go, Mordecai, gather the Jewish people and seek the Lord for three days and three nights and fast and call upon him, I will do the same in the palace, and I will approach the king. In fact, the passage that we read a little while ago is one of the most impacting passages and portions, really, of the Bible, a life being put on the line. And Esther saying, I will go into the king, which is not according to the law, and if I perish, I perish. She was willing to put her life on the line to die. Why would she die anyway in the palace? Was she not safe there? No, she wasn't but I haven't time to explain that. But there were obstacles to her approach to the king. The law of approach was that no one could come to the king unless they were invited. So there was immediately a very high barrier raised. The decree of the government throughout the land that Jewish people were to be exterminated. As a female, her sex put a barrier up against her approaching Ahasuerus, Females didn't have any great standing in the court at that time. But believing prayer and spirit-led fasting can win the day, and Esther must have believed in it. Let me ask you, are you living where God answers prayer? We have an infernal foe. His name is Satan, the devil, the liar, the murderer. But thank God we have a source of victorious power. And God says, call upon me in the day of trouble. I will answer thee. Isn't it good that it still holds good for today? I'm glad that it does. In crisis times, we need the Savior. In times like these, we need an anchor. In times like these, we need the Bible. In times like these, we need the living God. And at the close of this little message, that's the song that I'm going to be playing in times like these. So they sought the Lord. They cried out to him. And when the third day came, she went and stood over against the wall in sight of the throne. Ahasuerus was on the throne. He saw the queen standing. And against all custom, he invited her to come forward and she touched the golden scepter. I love that passage, because you know today, I've got a great high priest. His name is Jesus, and his golden scepter of acceptance is always extended to his people. He's seated at the Father's right hand. He is there interceding for us. He carries our case. He uh, fights our cause at the Father's throne. He is the one who looks after his people, his elect. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again. Thank God today I have an advocate, and his scepter is held out. I am accepted in the beloved, and so are you today. And isn't it wonderful that we can come to him at any time, anywhere, and with any need? 
For Esther, it was a large need, a gigantic request. A big issue was in the balance. It was life and death or death. It was life or death. And praise God today, whether it's a situation of life or death, whether it's something that's smaller, he said, you're to cast all your care upon him because he careth for you. Call upon me. I will answer thee. I will show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Well, there's much of the story that we can't take time to deal with today, but there is her emancipation. The Bible says the hearts of kings are in the hands of God. He turneth them whithersoever he wills. She won favor with both God and her husband king. The plot was uncovered. The murderous Haman was overthrown and the people were delivered. And that was a tremendous victory, a victory for right and good, a victory that's celebrated to this very day throughout the Jewish nation and be by Jewish people around the world. It's called the Feast of Purim. In actual fact, in another nine days or so, the people will be celebrating the Feast of Purim from sunset on March the 9th to sunset on March the 10th. Just a little over a week away, 2020, the Jewish people will be celebrating the great deliverance that they experienced uh, through Esther's intercession, through her mediatorship on their behalf in the royal palace. What a wonderful deliverance it was. Well worth remembering. I'm so glad for the triumph of right and good. And yes, it is true, my friends, Truth may be on the scaffold at times, but it will not always be. Truth will not be forever on the scaffold and wrong upon the throne. There will come a day when the roles will be reversed. But let me conclude by referring to a grander deliverance. A greater than Esther has come. She was prepared to die for the life of her people. The deliverer that I'm referring to is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. And he did die. He was not only prepared to die, but he actually did lay down his life to buy freedom for a people who were already dead, a people who were in trespasses and sins, a people who were under the sentence of death. Yes, he gave his life so that you and I might be delivered, emancipated. Jesus, the glorious emancipator, now and forever, he shall be mine. In Esther chapter 8 and verse 16, it says, there was light and gladness and joy and honor in every province of the empire. You know something? Calvary's redemptive power has made all that available to every person who trusts in its work and in its presence and in its power. Calvary's redemptive power has brought light and gladness and joy and honor, and it will bring it to every person and give it to every person who will trust the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank God the powers of darkness were conquered. Satan was mortally wounded. Jesus spoiled principalities and powers and made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in the cross. 
Satan is a defeated foe is not just a hackneyed statement. It's a fact. And the Lord Jesus Christ has triumphed and he wears the victor's crown. And praise God, he's alive today. Oh yes, my friends, Esther's coronation brought into the royal family. Esther's supplication in times of need and crisis. What a lesson for us all right there. Esther and her people's emancipation. They were delivered through the mighty power of grace and mercy on God's part. And thank God today, it's still the same for us. Oh, I trust the Lord will bless his word to all our hearts and that each little life and every person will see how effective they can be in the work of the kingdom by just surrendering themselves to the Lord.